0: Die a beddock. Huh?
1: I don't get it.
2: Oh, because they die without Without the beddocks.
0: Yes. Oh, no, beddocks. They gotta get the beddocks.
1: There are good movies and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema.
2: Put the bunny back in the box.
1: We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it
0: again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave, Ella, and Casey. I've been told I'm the garland green of this podcast.
1: Every
2: week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Dave? Well, I hope you guys had a relaxing summer break because it is season six. We are back, and we're starting things off with a fucking bang because it's shitty cinema. How are we going to kick this off if not with the arguable king of the genre, <laughs> Mr. Nicolas Cage? It's uncaged month, baby.
1: We've definitely watched a few Nick Cage movies on yeah, shitty cinema over the years, course. but we are dedicating an entire month to just... um. Appreciating the master at his art.
2: Yeah, yeah. We might have to do the whole season, actually. We could
0: probably do a year. Uh, A year. Just no no time (laughs) off.
2: It's an endurance test, actually. We just see who lasts the longest.
0: I know I'm going to be the first one out. (laughs)
2: Left behind will be the nuclear option.
0: (laughs) Let's just end it, you guys. Let's just end it.
2: (laughs) So, Jay... It's up to you to kick us off for the season and the month. What Nicholas Cage blessing did you bring upon us this week?
1: I realized that part of my shtick here is to bring films that I loved from the 90s. So in lieu of Nick Cage and films that I loved from the 90s, I brought
2: Con Air. Yeah, you did. I almost pushed back on that. Like, is Con Air really that? <laughs> like, I thought we all agreed. <laughs> But then I looked up, and yeah, it's got a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, and we watched it again, so we'll talk about that. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. Well, Jay, before we do, you need to give us an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. Taking a vacation, and you wanted to save a couple of bucks. I really told you you shouldn't, but you decided to book your ticket through Expedia, and not only that, you sorted by lowest cost.
1: Yeah, uh, of course. Classic yeah, me. So,
2: yeah, so the the ten hour the ten hour layover was one thing in and of itself, uh, but you didn't even realize that the connection flight was so much cheaper because you are hoofing it on a Conair flight. Probably not the best idea, but hey, the in flight service can't be any worse than Spirit, so whatever. But this is actually the fated Conair flight when the prisoners actually take over the plane. So you've got about 10 seconds before this riot kicks off, and you are caught up in the middle of it. In the time before that happens, sell us on this movie.
1: Let's do a movie about a heist with a wacky collection of characters, but with drama that makes The Young and the Restless look
2: light. Six seconds, and... <laughs> yeah.
1: They stuck so much drama in this. So much. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Because, Case, you got a little too drunk, and... The reason that there's a riot on this, Con Air, is because you got up and you needed to use the bathroom and some guy was trying to tell you what to do.
0: Ma'am, please don't pee on that seat. (laughs) Well, (laughs) in the 10 seconds before
1: you practically knock me out, sell us on this movie.
0: A born killer foils the plot of a band of born killers to joyride with a soup spiced by too many cooks. Nick Cage goes full gump. Eight seconds. I too many cooks? Yeah. <laughs> there were way too many cooks. You don't put Nick Cage and John Cusack in the same movie.
2: I'm sorry. Are you going to tell me that a Jerry Bruckheimer film felt a bit overstuffed?
0: Was <laughs> oh, this was this Jay Bruck?
2: This was he was one of yeah. the producers.
1: Well, let's all jump a bad joyride. And go over the movie that shitty cinema watched. In Con Air, Nick Cage plays a former army ranger called Cameron Poe that gets a dime in the pen. After getting out of the military, his pregnant wife, was she pregnant, Casey? Is attacked outside of the bar. Poe accidentally kills one of them and gets tossed in prison because he didn't register that fucking sexy body as a dangerous weapon. don't chicka about wow.
2: And we also the Are just going to
0: skim over the fact that they had a woman with a 14 inch waist saying she's six months pregnant?
2: <laughs> Did she say six months?
0: Yes. Uh,
2: oh man, I missed that. Yes. I thought this was some fresh shit. Anyway, we get a montage of good prison guy Poe befriending his diabetic cellmate and writing some letters to his daughter. This narration, poised as letters between a child and a adult who writes like a child, is <laughs> setting up that he's getting paroled and wants to see his daughter. I don't know if we needed all of that, but points for efficiency, I guess. If you're going to do a narration, it's not a classy way to do it, but it worked.
1: It was short, but I would have rather the film explain why they load a low-level prisoner like Poe onto a plane with a bunch of maximum security prisoners. Because even the, the U.S. Marshals and DEA who are operating the plane are like, nah, oh, he's a nobody. All these other guys have this are infamous.
0: This dude, meh. I hate that negative talk. The prison really starts in your mind, and they know that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, maybe Nick Cage isn't a nobody. Maybe he's the underdog. Wrong place, right time.
0: Yeah, I wasn't actively rooting against him. I just was never rooting for him in this movie. Yeah, not
1: not at one point. Not at one point. I never. I was like, oh, he could just get killed, and the movie could carry on, and I don't care.
2: I mean, I was I was rooting for him in that, like, I enjoyed the story that he's the protagonist of. But I was also like, so long as you die in an interesting way, that's cool too. Yeah, and then
0: Steve <laughs> Buscemi takes his place and is now his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been a much better movie.
2: Literally, by wearing his face.
0: Yes. no. Everyone pretends not to notice because it's such an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> face on. He can take it off at any time, and they stop calling him dad, and they're like, oh, hi, Mr. Bashimi. I didn't see you there.
2: Yeah, and also we're playing this as a sitcom.
0: Yes. <laughs> can Laugh- laughter and all. Point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we both went there. I'm picturing it like an I Love Lucy style. Well, aside
2: from Nicolas Cage, we've got a big cast of colorful prisoners, and they are fucking great. We've got Danny Trejo, who plays Johnny 23, a serial rapist. Ving Rames, a black nationalist gorilla called Diamond Dog. Dave Chappelle is a drug dealer called Pinball. And John Malkovich plays John Malkovich, the professional criminal.
0: <laughs> But bald and with a goatee. Yeah,
2: And sometimes we call him Cyrus the
0: Virus. (laughs) So, mid-flight, Pinball
1: lights some dude on fire. Under the guise of the commotion, Dog and Cyrus hijack the plane. The group lets the convicts go and captures or kills all of the feds. Their plan is to land as expected in Carson City and exchange some prisoners. But, 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 but. The ones that they give up will be mostly guards dressed up in prison gear. Oh. oh, oh. The old
0: switcheroo. Uh Uh-huh. Nobody will
1: guess.
2: Yeah. In Carson City, we get two new additions to our convict crew. There's the serial killer, Garland Green, played by the aforementioned Steve Buscemi.
0: (laughs) What a gem he is.
2: He truly is. And there's MC Ganey playing the hillbilly mechanic and pilot, Swamp Thing. You know, the kind of guy that operates a fan boat in the Everglades, kicks gators and flip flops. He's he's that guy.
0: He can fix anything (laughs) but your foreign car. (laughs) He could, but it's the principle of the matter. (laughs) Right. It's the principle. He's not gonna. Plus a chance to get off the plane
1: and see his kid or whatever. But he doesn't. He instead opts to stay on board because his diabetic cellmate will die if he doesn't get insulin. He does, however, manage to notify the feds of the deception, but they're not quite fast enough to stop that bird from getting back up in the air.
2: Poe then finds Pinball's body and writes a note on his white shirt before shoving the body out of the plane where the landing gear comes in at. Just sit with that as your message delivery system for a minute, dropping a Dave Chappelle out of the sky with a message written on his chest.
0: Back in my day, we didn't have texting on our phones. We had to drop a fucking Dave Chappelle out of the sky and... To tell our moms we're going to be home 15 minutes late or are we going to get fucking grounded. So take that, Zoomers. Oh. Burnt the fuck out of those kids. The plane ends up landing at
2: the abandoned Learner airstrip because the drug lord is supposed to have a plane waiting there for them. The drug lord, who is famous for double-crossing people, double-crosses Dog and Cyrus. If only they could what? have seen that coming.
0: double cross Dog, dare you, bitch.
1: Oh. Yeah, but not only that, there are also feds on their way to the airstrip. So the cons get the plane fueled up and they set a trap for the feds, which absolutely gets the feds decimated. Meanwhile, during this whole fucking firefight, Poe runs around finding a needle.
2: Yeah, because his buddy needs insulin.
0: Man, if you were a crackhead, but his best friend, he would go to any lengths to supply you. (laughs) And I guess... I don't think that makes him a good friend. Nope, I give I rescind my comment. I've, have, I've had to rescind quite a few tonight.
2: He runs around looking for a needle to save his friend and also takes time out to sabotage their escape. But the plane makes it into the air anyways because he's not very good at it and it's a huge obvious rope that everybody sees and just shoots. In the air, Cyrus figures out it has been Poe working against them and shoots his diabetic friend in the stomach. See, maybe he should have just fucking got off at Carson
0: City and went home because it would have been the same damn outcome.
2: No, it's somehow stupider, but better for him.
0: He had a better chance of saving his friend if he stayed. Yeah, so he
2: stays on. Uh, The feds shoot the hijack plane and force it to crash on the strip in Vegas, which, you know, probably killed some innocent people. But, you know, whatever. The diabetic cellmate survives somehow after getting shot in the stomach and being... ...in a crashed plane with no seatbelt on.
1: Yeah, that checks out. But also so does Dog, Cyrus, and Swamp Thing... ...who choose to escape the scene on Fire Truck. Poe then... ...steals a police motorcycle... ...which, you know, day one of parole... ...be associated with stealing a plane... ...and a bunch of kidnapping prisoners... ...and murdering people. Steal a police uh, motorcycle... ...in front of a bunch of people... Right next to a federal agent, who also does the yeah, same thing, I, I mean, guess, to be fair. Right. But, you know, you know.
0: But he's not. Anyway. No, no. The federal agent isn't stealing. It's commandeering because he has a badge. State sanctions. State sanctioned stealing versus Nicolas <laughs> okay. Cage stealing. Get I'm your state not, violence away from I'm me. I'm pretty
2: sure commandeering is not a real thing. But if we also do the um actually <laughs> on uh con air it will take us nine days to get through it
1: poe and the fat end up killing everybody because justice is best when it's uh, dish served his murder do they clarify that he's he's this that's his third escape he's escaped twice. yeah in
2: his setup I when they're loading that. him on the plane and they're giving everybody's backstory um they mentioned that he's escaped twice
0: let's let's start there can we start there when they're backloading the stories of yeah, all the We should start
1: at any point you yeah, want. Yeah, cuz there's, yeah, know there's know no there's good place wrong... for this movie to
0: start cuz there's no goodness in this movie. But There's no when on they ramp that's wrong. Going through the Rogues Gallery, Nick Cage's Rogues Gallery for this fucking silly silly film. Uh-huh. They're going through Ving Rames' character whose name I've already forgotten. Diamond Dog. Diamond Dog. Nathan Diamond Dog something. And yep. They're talking about like, oh, he's a Black Panther. He's like, sh-. they don't call him he's a Black not, Panther. He's a Black they call nationalist. Him a, a Black nationalist gorilla. But, but,
1: but yeah. yeah, they they basically imply he's black
0: okay. Panthers. Couldn't find anything wrong with him, other than he was just a dick to be a dick, uh, personality wise. But I'm like, um, okay, is he a bad guy? Steve Buscemi, when they're like, this guy's fucking crazy. He eats people. He was nothing but polite and deep as fuck through the whole movie. And he just showed up like in the last what forty minutes maybe?
2: No, he's he's like in the second half of the film. Yeah, yeah. He's in a significant amount of it. And yeah, it's a very suicide squatty scene. Um <laughs> as they're introducing all of them. And I know I know they they said a crime that Ving Rames had Committed when he was on the outside, whatever it was, it didn't leave enough of an impression. I think he like, like killed
0: corrupt cops or something. I don't remember, but it was something like well.
2: Yeah, I mean every everyone on there had killed people except well, no, he, I was gonna say except for uh, Nick Cage, yeah, but he did kill people. Maybe so, the the roommate. So, I don't think his roommate. I don't think his cellmate had killed anybody. Um, yeah, and Steve. Uh, was... I don't think they ever say it, right because
1: there's there's Billy Bedlam who was um. He wasn't a serial killer. Uh, what was he? A family The racist?
2: Yeah, no. Uh, Billy Bedlam, oh, yeah. he walked in on his wife cheating on him, and then he drove two towns over to murder her whole family ah, and dog.
1: That's right. So what does that make him? A mass murderer case?
2: I yeah. think that would count. It's more than three okay. victims. Uh,
1: so, right. So there, that was Billy Bedlam. And then there's Diamond Dog, who we've already discussed. There's Cyrus the Virus, who is a professional criminal. Yeah, John Malkovich. Who's a professional, or, yeah, professional criminal, which I guess is just, I don't know what that means.
2: Uh, He he had killed a couple people on the outside, and then he'd been locked up for life, and he'd killed a lot more guards and other prisoners while he was inside. Um, And also gotten a couple of PhDs, and is just a sort of general purpose criminal that they can plug in wherever they need him in the
0: plot. Yes, but... He's also highly educated, too, which they're like, he's super smart. He got a couple degrees, blah, blah, blah. Not only is he smart, but he's an expert mason to make a false wall in his cell. And then he has all these, like, plain schematics and blah, blah, blah. like, my boy, if you would have just put that effort in before killing a bunch, if you could just put your effort in not killing people... You'd have a great job, and you could probably get away with killing people legally if you make enough money.
2: The general purpose brush that they use for all of them is criminally insane.
1: And, and Malkovich has some great shticks. For example, he communicates with people using a codex that is the eyes cut out of a cardboard image of the fucking Last Supper. And it picks out words, and it is, it's just, it's, It's so deliciously trashy that I, that scene gets me every time.
2: It's an unnecessarily complex way for him to be communicating. And I absolutely adore it. Yeah, it's great.
1: Right. It's like the fucking Da Vinci Code levels of stupid complexity, but it's so cheesy that And, you know, John Malkovich being John Malkovich, just imagining him using that.
0: It's great. It's fucking great. And laughing to himself. And if we're going to bring up Da Vinci Code, that leads me to Tom Hanks, which leads me to Nicolas Cage's fucking accent in this movie.
1: Oh, his whole aesthetic. Go on. He sounded like the
0: jerk. Like, he was just like, I can't wait to see my baby come fall. Come fall, I'm gonna see my ba- My baby's birthday is April 25th. No, my accent's yeah. too good. I can't even yeah, do no, it you as bad even, as him. You can't even
2: do a proper and one. And that was awful. Here's what you have to do. See, here's the thing. You're trying to do an accent, which is not what Nicolas Cage done. You need to pretend that your tongue is just a is like slightly swollen. Like you just ate some okay. really hot pizza and you've lost some, some sensation. And it's just a little, you just.
0: My baby's gonna come see me in the prison. April 25th. Is that better?
2: It was was better. Really hit your bees.
0: (sighs) My baby. Back ribs.
2: (laughs) God. (laughs) Why didn't Nicolas Cage bring up baby back ribs?
0: I hated every time he said the word baby, so the less he said it, even better.
2: Baby, yeah. What was his uh, nickname for his uh, fiance? Honeybee?
0: Honey. I, don't remember. I don't I don't care. Yeah. I aggressively don't
1: care about the setup of this movie. OK, so it's uh, th- not entirely true. While I don't I aggressively don't give a fuck about him getting set up in prison. I get a hoot out of the trial that leads him to prison because the for one, the concept of them prosecuting a military military member for killing someone is adorable. The secondly, the fact that they would they would hold him to higher standards for like you should have known better. When we stop doing that. When when would we start doing that?
2: <laughs> um I mean you are basically just reading shit out of the IMDB goofs page. And no it, no, that's an old movie trope that's never been a oh, real thing about not. how yeah. uh people trained right. in martial arts or whatever have to register their hands as deadly weapons. And I absolutely adore that they use that as the setup for this fucking movie, because the first, the first four to eight minutes of this movie are just like the worst Law and Order episode possible.
0: Yes, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, that's a brilliant description, Barry Elleno. I gotta circle back to it. The worst part of the beginning of the movie is finding out later that Monica Potter is supposed to be six months fucking pregnant because she has a (laughs) concave dip between her hip bones and her fucking ribs and it's called her midsection. She is not six months (laughs) fucking pregnant. There's no way. There's no way. I mean. She looks like she cut out dairy and meat like a year and a (laughs) half ago.
1: Then they're like three months later she had a kid and you're like. Sure. what?
0: How? Do Monica Potters just like spore off their offspring?
1: Right. Just, like
0: she sheds something and then like she comes back and oh, there's a baby in the bassinet. I'm done.
1: Do you
2: think maybe they cloned her?
0: Maybe. She just trafficked yeah. a kid and was like, oh, I'll treat it good. Three I months
2: till we're ready till we're ready to execute the
0: heist. I had to lock oh. it down. I really needed insurance. And Ugh. I don't want to ruin my body. So I'll just buy a kid. Yeah.
2: Turns out this is all an insane Lindbergh baby conspiracy theory. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's a lot in this movie that I can see you getting upset about. And the she doesn't look pregnant enough wasn't on my bingo card. But.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. I was infuriated. It was like she can't be hot and a little fat 1997 no she's not allowed to be pre because she's got to be far enough a alo- i don't know why they pick six months maybe they just don't know what a human woman looks like at six months pregnant but like they have to make her fuckable and in return attackable slash rapeable because they got to have a reason for nicholas cage to go to jail so they can't have her like gross pregnant so like next time just say she's three months can we say
2: i totally missed that she was six months pregnant and just assumed yeah she was like maybe two like she just found out
0: no nicholas cage it's six months pregnant yeah
1: they say she has a kid three months later and you're like well that makes her six months at that scene yeah
2: i mean literally all everything about the setup of this movie is wrong because it's wrong that she is that far along in her pregnancy. It's wrong that these assholes at the bar are this oh, yeah. aggressive and this bad. At- yes. We see one of them break a glass bottle. Nick Cage should be dead five seconds into this fight. Right. Um. It's wrong that he dies from getting his nose bone shoved into his brain. Because that's not a thing in your nose. Right.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. 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 It- that's yeah. fair. I forgot about the way that he was yes. killed. Yeah. That his
2: nose yeah. bone. Yeah. Nick Cage yeah. does the I'm going to smash your nose into your brain thing, which does not work. Yeah. It's right. wrong that Nick Cage gets more time for being trained in martial arts. And we're three minutes into the movie at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're going to
1: throw a
2: dime at him.
1: Are
0: you fucking kidding? Can I kidding be me? honest? This movie felt a lot longer. Like, that setup felt longer than three minutes.
1: It does. It does. Honestly, if you have three people that are attacking you and you fight them off and you manage to kill one, the odds of you getting prosecuted for manslaughter are
2: so remarkably oh, yeah. low. It's, it's wrong that he was prosecuted at all. There are so many witnesses right. that this was the clearest self-defense case ever.
0: So, Christian, right. I wonder if his wife maybe said something to the lawyer or the judge because remember, she kept on alluding to who he was before. So like this this might not be his first strike, is what I'm saying.
1: Uh, yeah. But later, John Cusack, who we haven't even mentioned is in this movie because there's so many fucking people. So many people. But later, John Cusack also mentions that he doesn't have a record and everything's clean yeah, yeah, yeah. because she does allude to that, but then yeah, but they Cusack didn't, it was definitively states.
0: The, he's been in the pen for 10 years. Yeah. So it's the 80s. Do you think they prosecuted a lot of domestic violence in the 80s? No, they'll just be like, hey, don't hit her so hard in the face. Come on. I, There's kids around. I
2: think you're reading a lot more into the backstory of, again, a Jerry Bruckheimer Films character.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I ju- Listen, just my main bitch is that that bitch is six months pregnant. No, she's not. Oh, yeah, absolutely yeah. not.
2: That that can be the the real hook on the Law and Order episode then, when she turns up dead.
0: That bitch was not pregnant. Never been pregnant. I want to be Tamara Tunie. <laughs> never been pregnant. Never gonna be pregnant. This is Monica Potter actually pregnant. <laughs> so <laughs> I
2: love that you're pulling up reference photos.
0: It's this is her My in real God life. God damn it, Casey.
2: <laughs> yeah. Are you stuck on her pregnancy? I like that you found a photo. So, yes, (laughs) the first three and a half minutes of this movie are just the worst Law & Order episode ever. I would love to watch it alongside Adam Conover when I have six hours or so to spare. But we kind of need that level of insanity before the title card rolls to properly set up the rest of this insane-ass movie. Because this is basically just a fun house mirror diehard.
0: Yeah. yeah. Die Hard with more heist. With too many cooks. There's so many cooks in this kitchen. Okay, why don't you make your argument? I'm not sure that I'm going to agree with you. Um. Okay, see, Exhibit 1, How Small the Kitchen is, a two-hour movie, <laughs> and number 2, B, How Many Fucking Cooks. We've got Nicolas Cage. We've got Mm -hmm. John Cusack. You can't have those two Mm -hmm. people in a fucking film together. It's one or the other. Too much ego. Uh, John Malkovich. We definitely Mm -hmm. want him to have lines. So that means it's going to cut into John Cusack and Nicolas Cage lines, if you can call those lines. Um, Legally. Bing Rames, huge, huge personality. You also want to give him lines because he's electric every time he every time he's on screen. Mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi playing the role of a lifetime. He is absolutely <laughs> perfect, wonderful in everything. He's never done anything wrong, and I have nothing negative to say about him in this okay. film. Um, also, it's a Bruckheimer film, so explosions and fires get their own billing too. That's so true. That's an extra Top cook. billing, really. Top billing. So you also haven't mentioned Danny Trejo. Oh my God! Because I forgot they're in here because there's so (laughs) many goddamn cooks. MC Gainey. Yeah, we're we're talking about like ten really incredible stars. No, no, no. I mean this this movie crawled so the Expendables could air hump and do the suck it motion at us.
2: Funny you should say that because the director of this film also directed the Expendables too.
0: That checks. Wow, <laughs> that's right up his alley.
2: Yeah, um, actually, uh, this podcast in general, and me specifically, are fans of this director because aside from Expendables 2, Con Air, he also directed Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. Uh, he directed The Mechanic and Wildcard, both starring Jason Statham. Jay, I think you've seen The Mechanic. I've seen both of them.
1: I've seen The Mechanic. I haven't seen Wildcard.
2: It's not good, but it's fun stay with them
1: Nope. i like the
2: mechanic yeah, uh, uh, mechanics great
1: listen case i get where you're coming from and i think the execution was really poor i don't think the problem was too many cooks i think the problem was no fucking camp all drama no camp if we would have got right think of like smoke and aces or the expendables which has a shit ton of fucking personalities in it but they lean into the camp. So that carries a bunch of the character. If they would have let Ving Rhames have more fun, if they would have let John Malkovich have more fun, right? John Malkovich is the best actor in this movie, bar none.
0: And it's, I -hmm. think, his
1: worst fucking performance.
0: Uh, Second best. But let me counter with, you like gummy worms? You like Oreos? You like caramel? You like chocolate? You like all these things? And you don't eat ice cream, so you can't super relate. But have you ever ordered a flurry as a kid or super high and you add too much shit to it and it's shit that counter like counteracts each other, like lemon and chocolate cheesecake. And like,
2: they went over
0: the top. They have too many different kinds of candy. Not all of it works together. And they blended it into a fucking mess in our face.
2: See, I, I think I got to push back on both of these points, because off the too many cooks and too many different kinds of candies, I think this is more along the lines of inexpendables or uh, in Ocean's film, where it is about having a big yeah. ensemble kind of playing off of each other. And I don't even think it's necessarily that the, the f- flavors don't work together. I think all these flavors would work great together in another movie. Uh, that had better writing in it. And I think it was the movie that just put them in bad situations, but also I got to push back on Jay. They didn't on them not having enough camp. I think this had what for its time was camp because this was 1997 camp did not exist, but like gritty, badass anti-hero I'm so much tougher than you fucking did. This is the era of superheroes covered in pouches.
0: Uh, they've, <laughs> I'm gonna have you check back. Yeah, any Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Bruce Bruce Campbell is camp, fucking
2: 1997 incarnate. Arnold Schwarzenegger is not acting; he is becoming a politician.
0: Fair. He's
2: governing. But he
0: was just gov. He was just acting a few years before that. Yeah, he went really then. quick.
2: That's fair. But also, but you know, 97 right, is like, not peak Arnold. 90. See, Arnold is not 90s. Arnold's 80s, really.
0: Aren't, kindergarten cop
2: early 90s too yeah yeah. last I mean, action heroes so's, the so's jingle Hogan, all the right. way yeah and okay but the early 90s were a hangover of the 80s Is
0: that's with every decade Fair.
2: yeah but 97 by 97 the 90s had their own thing and it was not the roller skating rink uh, vibes that we see nowadays when people think but about it
0: 98 was mystery men very camp very and then camp. we just got the one with Sean Connery, right after that, that the ruined League his of career. Or ordinary gentleman. No, the other one with Uma Thurman.
2: Oh, the Avengers. The, the Avengers. The Avengers. We had camp. The Avengers was a remake of an eighties, a seventies, actually.
1: But I, I think we could have had more camp, and if we would have had more camp. Right, think of fucking Smoking Aces that has a bunch of ridiculous villains, and it's so fucking campy. It's great. It's great. If we had something closer to that vibe, instead of the worst serious drama vibe, it would have been great. And, and uh, this month is all about Nick Cage. Tell me you don't love a campy Nick Cage.
2: Well, I mean, I feel like his accent gave me all of that.
0: <laughs> I'm going to say something nice. I almost loved him in this movie, but all the serious, like, i got to get to my bait. Like, leave Raising Arizona out of this that was lightning in a (laughs) bottle. Right. Stop. You're supposed to be mullet man. I need you to just stay in your fucking lane right now.
2: Yeah, but we need that to get to put the bunny back in the box. And that's got to be a top five Nick Cage moment.
0: Yeah, that's but it could have just been that for really his still pregnant girlfriend.
2: It's it, I I'm I'm with Dave here. I think that's a
1: really people sleep on that yeah. moment, but that is a real unadulterated, cut up Nick Cage moment.
2: And I think I think we're really inflating how much time they're spending on the, the pregnant wife. This has had maybe two minutes of dialogue and screen time. Yeah.
0: It's too much.
2: We we are slamming through backstory for all of these characters.
1: Yeah, and that's why the what we get is sometimes a lot of fun, right? Malkovich, every time that motherfucker pulls a piece, what's he do?
0: Plow, plow. Pulling the trigger. Pulls the
1: trigger. Pull. He pulls the piece, pulls the trigger. The only time he doesn't pull the trigger is when he doesn't kill Poe at the very end, and that's because they have the convenient attack from the helicopter that damages the plane which throws Malkovich off from shooting him. But Malkovich just fucking pulls, a piece pulls the trigger.
0: Okay, I need to black, sidestep. Black. I need to sidestep here. Because we keep bringing up these scenes and what we really need to frame is the action in this film.
2: That's fair. Literally, I, I don't care about any of this because all of it is just justification for why they can pull off the action that they do. I really forgot how much Bruckheimer was the Michael Bay of his day.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, he didn't
2: direct this, but I know he had so much – he must have had so much control over it because there's a flavor to his films. And it is very much present here.
1: So, Dave, I'm curious your take on the action. I know Casey is a little excited about it, but um, first off, pick a scene. What do you think? And then (laughs) – yeah, tell me what you got. Uh the
2: the big summer blockbustery stuff. So like the, the fight in the junkyard, the the explosions and sequences on the Vegas strip, I mostly enjoyed.
0: Oh my god. They're
2: they're not like well shot or well put together, but I'm not expecting that out of this, you know? Okay uh, and honestly, some of Nick Cage's fight scenes, uh there's the stunt double did some pretty goddamn good work. The cinematography wasn't Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, for sure. But kudos to no. that. Cell.
0: The cinematography was the fucking worst. Everything was oh, yeah. way too. The only thing it was missing was shaking to really just make a nice pie of I could not give a fuck less what's yeah. going on right now because you couldn't see anything. You couldn't see what direction anything was going when they were like doing chase sequences or anything like that. You couldn't tell where anything or anyone was at at any point because they're just fucking on top of everyone.
2: Oh yeah, the 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 chase sequences were absolutely terrible. I have no idea how people got around from place to place. Um I the the like the actual, I guess the actual like fist combat I've seen worse in bigger budget films.
0: That's no excuse. It was fine. Yeah. I uh well, okay, so Nick Cage is not an action star. Why do we keep doing right.
1: this? I have two thoughts here. One, I I, I agree with case that the it, it's cut too good. I disagree with you, Dave, that the, the blockbuster scenes were any good because the, the one that at the end that you're talking about where there's a ton of explosions and they're pinning in the, the feds and killing them. They start advancing with a bulldozer and they show that scene three or four times. And I'm not convinced that it isn't the same clip over and over and over <laughs> because there's no relation to anything else. So if they used the same, I can't Don't fucking tell because there's I'm no coming. fucking frame. Cheers. Nothing to compare it to. I <clears throat> right. Coming. I was thinking of Monty Python where they just, the, the guys running up the hill over yeah, yeah, and over yeah,
0: yeah. again. <laughs> I want it sometimes to be further away like Kung Pao. Sure,
2: but I no, but I guess before we move on from the bulldozer. Like, yes, was that like in terms of like, oh, did they set up properly where these people are shooting from? Absolutely fucking not. None of the angles make any sense. You did a terrible job of that. But- I like the idea of let's get a bulldozer and then advance behind that as cover. And how many fucking generic ass action movies have we seen where that scene is just pitch black people shooting in random directions?
0: It's not good, though. Fair. And we bitch about it on them, too.
2: 100%. But it could have been worse, is my point.
0: Fair. That could be said about all of this movie. There was nothing that was even so offensive other than her lack of pregnancy that was even like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is the worst blah, blah, blah ever. It's just Lay mediocre.
1: Off it, Lay off it. I <laughs> won't. Now, listen, I will say my my second point. I will say that we did get treated to what I think might be the best Nick Cage fight scene recorded in history.
2: Mm. Let me set the
1: scene for you, please. Nick Cage has his scraggly-ass hair and his widow's peak, so it almost looks like a mullet, but it's not. And he's a decently tall dude in boots, fighting what I believe was Billy Bedlam, also a decently tall big dude, but they're underneath the plane in, like, the fuselage, I think it's called. It's, like, four feet and tall. To, and it's, like, four feet tall, so they have to hunch over, and they lurch at each yeah. other. They Two roided-out penguins. Fight. Yeah, that's the most ridiculous fucking fight I've ever seen. Uh, see, it's glorious. I was
2: thinking more like two golems in a sumo match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh it I I don't know how that fight ended because they kind of just cut away from it before he won. He kills yeah, we're he bored. kills Billy Bedlam. He uh he impales him through something. And nobody notices that Billy Bedlam doesn't come back, but to be fair, as we've said, there's a lot of goddamn people in this movie. I get it that. No,
1: no, no, no. Steve Buscemi notices Oh, yeah, but
2: he doesn't count. Two
1: men went Two in, goes one down, comes
0: out, one comes up.
2: Yes. Uh huh. Buscemi doesn't count. Buscemi is so close to breaking the fourth wall in this movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
1: Steve Buscemi as a, a, a quote unquote criminal in this movie, or Steve Buscemi as a quote unquote criminal in Billy Madison?
0: I don't remember him and Billy Madison.
1: Uh, At the end of Billy Madison, Billy is, is like, quote, unquote, growing up, and he is calling people. Oh, and I love him. him. being terrible. Yeah. yeah, and he calls Steve Buscemi, and he's like, oh, yeah, no big deal. Oh, and yeah, then and he, crosses he crosses his, his name off, his name off, of his off the list. list, people to kill. The same and he sits one. down, and he puts the
0: puts the makeup, he puts lipstick on. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Garland Green, or whatever the fuck his name was.
2: As I said, this movie is just the worst Law & Order episode, but that does give me an excuse to bring up one of my favorite topics, the IMDb trivia page, but specifically for this movie, the IMDb goofs page.
1: Go off, Dave. The factual
2: errors. I don't even want to go off about it. The goofs page for Con Air is a fucking war zone. It has a section (laughs) marked, incorrectly marked as goofs. People are um um-actuallying the um um-actuallys in there.
0: Okay, what? such as? <clears throat> uh,
2: so, like, one of the examples was that uh, when they show them opening the crates of guns, uh, Cyrus the Virus takes out a shotgun, but then when they cut to the prisoners, they show them catching an assault rifle. But, um, actually, he had opened both crates, and uh, Dog could have been throwing the assault rifles in the other direction. So that wasn't a goof. And.
1: <laughs> yeah, bitch. Baby O can't get off the plane in Carson City because only white convicts are expected. When the men are prepped to get off the plane, we see two black men among them. However, only the three dead prisoners that were being replaced needed to be white. There were still three more, making six altogether, (laughs) whose race was not specified.
2: Why are people thinking so much about this? (laughs) (laughs) This Was the pregnancy one of the goofs?
0: Put it in there. <laughs> Put it in there, Dave. You've got a membership. Put the goofs.
2: I don't have Dude, a Dude, there's membership. a shit ton of There's these. so, every single section of the goofs page of this has to be expanded to read all of them. There's geography errors. There's factual errors. There's common myths. There's incorrectly regarded as goofs. There's so much. Um, I think one of my favorites is uh, one of the premises that they can't make it to the Vegas airport. Um, And they're going to have to land on the strip where they show the plane at that point. The airport is closer than the strip.
0: Right. I was going to (laughs) ask, wouldn't it be closer?
2: Yeah. This movie is an absolute mess if you want it to, like, make real world sense. This is an
1: incredible thing you've turned me on to, Dave. There's errors in geography, such as prior to accidentally killing the drunk, Poe is outside of the bar with a bar sign visible. Alabama prohibits using the word bar. It would be a club or place (laughs) or just about anything else, but never a bar.
2: So so some motherfucker from Alabama, that was his she's not pregnant moment. Yeah! (laughs)
1: Case, I'm going to start with you. It's about time we do that thing we do every episode. So 1997's Con Air, would you watch it again?
0: This was my first time watching this film and I had it pretty built up in my mind. Um, Mm. This is one Mm. that I've just always skipped mostly because of Nicolas Cage's haircut to face situation, whatever that is going on, my brain's always been like, "Mm, no thanks. And so I was excited to watch this and I gotta be honest, i'm a little disappointed it just didn't have something it was so blended and generic it didn't really stand out or shine to me once in a while john malkovich always steve buscemi but neither one of them are in it enough to make me want to watch it again so no i would not watch con air again i think there's better, bad movies, and I'm sure that's going to get me yelled at. But let me just say, I don't have the nostalgia filter, and I just, I think I watched it too late. I watched it too late, and that's on me. Dave, how about you? Con Air, starring Nicolas Cage, the uncaged Nicolas Cage, would you watch it again?
2: I mean, let's get it out of the way right away. Absolutely, fucking lutely yeah. I'm going to watch Con Air <laughs>
0: again. <laughs> Yeah, I have a feeling I'm, an I- I'm on an island.
2: This this was The Expendables before The Expendables. It's, it's so absolutely terrible, and it is the type of flavors that I absolutely love. It's just the world's trashiest chili dog of a film, and I will eat it every single time. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I could go on about all the individual characters I like. It's nearly all of them. I wish... Any of them could have gotten more, but I really dig what I got and Put the Bunny Back in the Box. It's a classic moment. I love it so much. So, yeah, absolutely, I'm watching this again and again. Jay, what about you? I know you've seen this probably several times before, but I also <laughs> bet it's been a while since you have. So, Con Air starring Nick Cage's hair. Would you watch it again?
1: Man, we didn't even talk about... A delicious aspect of the film, which is how John Malkovich dies. John Malkovich dies by having the ladder on a fire truck extend while it's driving, and to have Nick Cage handcuff him to that so that the ladder hits a causeway bridge, and John Malkovich's body flies through the causeway out the other side, lands onto some electrical wires, gets shocked falls over onto a conveyor belt, and then winds up right under a pneumatic hammer conveniently located in downtown Los Angeles that smashes him flat.
2: Las Vegas. And it is the most Las
1: Vegas. Rube Goldberg death. I dare argue the entire movie is worth watching just to see that shit show of a death. I, though, agree with Casey. I was kind of disappointed because I had seen this a bunch of times. I had a lot of really fond memories it's a little bit slower and drama heavy and I really wish there was more camp I was bored a lot more than I wanted to be but it's hard for me to say that I'm not going to come back and watch it again because there is put the buddy back in the box there's the fight underneath the fuselage where they're lumbering there's the death of John Malkovich there's a bunch of ridiculous scenes with characters like Ving Rhames and Steve Buscemi that are just a ton of fun it's hard to stay away. And so while I want to say I'm not going to watch it again, I could say that. I could do that. In 10 years, it's going to roll by, <laughs> and I'm going to look at Con Air, and I'm going to go, oh, yeah, I'm watching Con yourself. Air. So, so that's it. The verdict is in. Two out of three of us would watch Con Air again. But leave it up to you guys. If you guys watched it, would you watch it again? Let us know on Facebook. Well, I had the pleasure of starting us off this week, but Casey... I understand you're gonna uncage us next week. What are we watching?
0: This is such a deep, deep well to draw from. <laughs> and you know, I'm sometimes a little wary with, you know, maybe picking something I'm not super familiar with. You know, I I wanna make sure the stew is just right. So I'm going with 1988's Vampire's Kiss. Which is oh. the reason for many a Nicolas Cage memes. I'm so excited to watch this movie. I've watched it before. It is absolutely unfucking hinged. Nicolas Cage is so over the top. It's it's fully uncaged cage. Before you close and lock that cage door, follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema, like us on Facebook, SH.TTY Cinema. Donate to our commissary fund, Patreon Slash Shitty Cinema, or food Check the show notes for those links, and in the meantime, let's turn off the lights. Oh! Go dance with our obviously not pregnant girlfriend, and then make a stranger write to us. Charles? That baby don't look like him. <laughs>